Hello and welcome to the Ampha Insider. I'm Scott Vandemater. Today we are very lucky to have with us Ken McTiernan. Ken is an extremely busy advocate for aircraft maintenance, and in his spare time he works for American Airlines in San Diego, California. Ken is an Ampha associate member. In 2002, he founded and became director for the Aircraft Maintenance Technicians Association, a nonprofit organization that promotes Charles E. Taylor and the aviation maintenance craft. Go to amtausa.com for more information on that. He's also a founding director for the AMT Society, where he served as chairman for the Maintenance Skills Competition and Scholarship Program. Currently, Ken is the vice president for the Aerospace Skills Competition, which takes place next month, April 25th through the 28th. For more info on that, go to aerospacecompetition.com. Ken is also the director of the Northrop Rice Foundation. Northrop Rice Foundation is an organization that provides grants to A&P students. Go to nrfgrants.org to apply or to check that out. He also serves as vice president for the Professional Aviation Maintenance Association. We are very grateful to Ken for making time in his busy schedule to talk with us today. Uh, well, first of all, Scott, thank you very much for having me on Amphi Insider. Um, very excited to be here. Um, I started my career right out of the air, uh, right out of high school. I uh, went into the Air Force. I was a B-52 mechanic. I uh, was stationed in California, uh, went to night school to get my airframe and power plant certificates. I was honorably discharged and I went back to Long Island where after just doing some odd jobs, uh, kind of unwind from the military, I was picked up by American Airlines in LaGuardia and I was there 11 months and then transferred out here to Paradise in San Diego. And, uh, yeah. 35 years later, I still love my job. Uh, it's great. I work with a great bunch of people. Uh, the responsibilities we have is great. Uh, I've also uh, started and have been on uh, several nonprofit organizations that promote our craft. What, uh, what did you do on B-52s? I was on phased inspection. I really... I didn't work the, the line very much. We got one B-52 a week and I was in area one uh, from the nose to the aft bulkhead of the bomber was my responsibility for inspections. We would get a bomber on a Monday morning. We would wash it, tow it to the hangar, take off the cowling, open up panels, and then we would do an inspection. We'd do lube and if sheet metal needed hand, we would help sheet metal. If uh, wheel and brakes needed help changing a wheel and brake, we would assist them. We weren't departmentalized like the majority of the maintenance side of the military. Mm. Yeah. We're kind of like a jack of all trades. How many wheels and brakes do they have? Uh, bombers got uh, two, four... Six, the wingtips have uh, wheels on them oh. that, that would actually pivot because the wings are so long. Uh -huh. They would droop. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. And then you've been at American and it's been your only aviation job, right? And you've had Pretty much. For... I, between the Air Force and American, I worked at a component overhaul facility out on mm -hmm. Long Island. Uh, 
it's pretty rare to spend your whole career with one company nowadays. Right? Yes, I'm actually very lucky in that aspect. Um, I came close to being laid off when our pilots and flight attendants went on strike, um, but that never actually happened. I mean, they put up the <laughs> the layoff notice. The old timers could come in on Monday and Tuesday. The low timers would come in on Monday, and that was it. Almost wow. like looking at your grades in in school, like see where you were listed. Yeah. If you <laughs> see if fail. you made the team. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I really enjoy uh, working for American, um, and I'm, I can't think of any other job I would like to do. That's great, you know. You can't go through life hating what you do for a living. That would be a miserable true, existence true. for sure. So tell us about. Um, the skills competition uh, and that you're involved with, and I guess you're in charge of it, right? Um, that's, I, I guess you could say I'm the face of it. I'm not so mm-hmm. much in charge because there are other people uh, behind the scenes, uh, like the Honorable John Golia, uh, who actually cre- created the opportunity for what we call the aerospace maintenance competition, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, a venue for students and professional AMTs from around the world to come and compete against each other in timed events uh, to put our skills on display front and center. Mm-hmm. Uh, the public and to an extent, the industry really isn't aware of what we do. Um, they just think uh, an airplane is parked and at night little fairies come out, sprinkle <laughs> pixie dust on it and it fixes itself magically well no there's a an army of skilled men and women that are repairing aircraft around the world helicopters spacecraft um, and this competition allows us to shine the light of recognition for a couple of days on our profession so tell for for those that don't know just give us an overview of the competition like the format how you win that kind of thing Well, the competition takes place over three days. There's two physical days of competition, and the third day we hand out uh, trophies and prizes. We hand out $75,000 of snap-on tools with the the trophies. And the way it's structured, each team consists of five people per team. And each year, the amount of events that we have kind of range anywhere from 25 to 28 events and they range from safety wiring electrical um avionic troubleshooting united airlines brings a 747 wingtip uh they have a simulated fuel tank and entry and close up fedex brings uh, two jt9 engines where a component is removed and then reinstalled american brings apus so industry is really supportive of the competition And each event is given 15 minutes to be completed in. And the events will have anywhere from one, two, or three team members. So every 15-minute stage of the competition, a team's five-member team will do three different events. The AMC, we don't say which team member has to do what event. That's where teams build their... uh, team members with the skill set. So if someone is really good as a spark chaser, 
they would do the electrical avionics events. Uh, someone who's good with structures could do the composite. Uh, we have a sheet metal drilling event and hmm. so on. And scoring is assessed by the uh, time used from the allotted 15 minutes plus any penalties that are assessed by the judge. And penalties could be anything from not wearing safety glasses or not following the prescribed maintenance manual for that particular event. So as an example, if someone did the safety wiring event and knocked it out of the park and did it in six minutes, that's a very good score. Mm -hmm. But if they didn't put their tools back into the shadow board or didn't put their safety glasses on when I say start, or even we've had competitors not tell the judge, hey, I'm done. <laughs> they, they just assume they I put my tool down and the clock is still ticking. So yeah. if in that uh, scenario, if a technician had a final score of six minutes and 30 seconds, you would add the final score for all 27 events, add them together, and the teams with the lowest combined scores are presented first, second, and third place trophies and prizes. And that's in each of the six categories that teams can register in. We have schools, military, commercial aviation, general aviation, MRO, OEM, and space. And the reason we have those different categories is, well, first off, it's not fair to have a student that's not certificated yet go up against someone that's got 35 years of experience working on airplanes. Yeah. Also, also, it's a nice way of us showing an even more detailed light on the different sectors of aviation. So do you it's, give each sector like different tasks or are they only competing? No, everybody, the same all thing? the teams do all the tasks. Oh, okay. Uh, but they're only scored, their scores are only measured against teams in their categories. Oh, okay. Got it. Um, but being able to have the different categories, we can remind people that, yeah, you're getting on a Southwest airplane or a JetBlue airplane, and there's a technician that is maintaining that. Well, there's men and women overseas maintaining our military helicopters and aircraft. Uh, there's men and women that are working at SpaceX and Virgin Galactic and JetBlue. Um, so that's why we have uh, the categories the way they are and then so this has grown from i think you told me yesterday nine teams and this year you have how many uh this year we have 72 yeah yes. that's amazing uh, we started with nine teams with 12 events uh and at that time it was called the amt society's maintenance skills competition uh i was a director for the amt society and we didn't have categories we just had <laughs> Come and compete. You know, yeah. College teams went up against the pros. And then each year afterwards, we just grew in size. We went nine teams to 15 teams uh, to 24 and so on. Mm -hmm. And I did that for about six years when I just needed a break. So I, I stepped down as a director for the AT Society. And then shortly thereafter, John Golia uh, called me and said, I want to create a nonprofit to promote mechanics and I want to have a competition. Would you do it? <laughs> so I turned to my wife and told her, hey, remember when I told you I wasn't going to do this anymore? 
Yeah. I was going to take a break. Well, uh, and it's been great. Uh, break John time's Golden. over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but working with John, that's the reason why the competition has grown the way it has. Um, we, rena- we renamed it the Aerospace Maintenance Competition, or AMC for short. And it just continues to grow every year. We live stream it. Um, and we actually have students that come and get hired that compete. You must need a big uh, support staff to handle. Um, I mean, do you have, we you have judges? We kind of do it on have... staff, actually, Scott. Um, John, there's John Golia, the Honorable John Golia and myself. And then we have uh, Crystal McGuire and uh, Tara Rutman. They do a lot of the, uh, again, I, I like, I keep using the word behind the scenes because it's very appropriate. Um, they do a lot of uh, the paperwork, uh, make sure everything is done the way it's supposed to be in the sense of uh, John and I will, as mechanics, um, a handshake is a contract. That's like, okay, Scott, you know, we'll see you in Dallas uh, next April. And then as we get close to April, something might happen and you can say, hey, Ken, sorry, I can't be there. And we're like, that's fine. As long as you're telling us, but having Crystal and Tara remind us, hey, Scott says he might not be there. So, and then we have an army of volunteers. Um, We actually have people that will fly to the competition on their own, get their own hotel, pay for their own food, just to help out with putting this all together. That's cool. Yeah, It really is. It, it's, 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 um, you have to be there to actually feel the environment and the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, I have some stats from, uh, let's see some bragging stats from will yes uh south (laughs) southwest horizon and alaska airlines i tell you what um the competition promotes our craft and everybody that comes is the best of the best Mm -hmm. because they're handpicked by their respective organization and company but uh, i gotta tell you the amfa represented airlines that come and compete they're right up there at the top. It's uh, yeah. Ampha says here, Ampha has been a corporate sponsor of the AMC since 2014, and uh, we've been represented by four teams: Alaska Airlines, Team ANC, Alaska Airlines, Team Seattle. I guess this is Horizon yes. Air and Southwest Air, and we've had uh, 38 top three finishes since 2014. That's amazing, right? <laughs> it is. It really. That's why I say you know the best of the best and. Uh, the Ampha represented airlines walk to walk and they talk to talk. Yeah. It's amazing. 38. And let's see, 15 first place, 12 second and 11 third place. Wow. That's great. So is third place still in the money for the tools? Um, yes. The way nice. first, second and third place teams um, come up on stage all five team members come up and they're presented with trophies and tools as prizes. But we also recognize the team that has the fastest score in each of the individual events. And we do that because we want to shine as bright a light as possible 
on our profession. So we've had teams from around the world come and they may miss third place. And actually Scott scoring for the first through fourth is within seconds of each other. That's oh, really? Yeah, I was going to ask that, how close they end up being. Very close. I mean, we've had uh, a difference of less than 30 seconds separate first and second in the commercial category. Um, wow. So we'll have the individual that does like, I'll go back to the safety wiring event. So that's a one person event. So Horizon Airlines wins that event. They have the fastest score out of 72 teams. We have the whole Horizon airline team come up on stage and receive a prize. And it could be anything from a Leatherman to a Coast flashlight. And the reason we recognize all five team members, even though one person did it, is because we work as a team Mm -hmm. out in the field. I could go work on an airplane and get stumped. I have the humility to go into the office and go, hey, Scott, do you have a minute? Uh, can you give me a hand with this? And you would say, sure. What do you got? Because our goal is to get the airplane out safe. And one of the ways to do achieve that is working as a team. So this is how we can highlight working as a team by having uh, the entire team recognized as the fastest score for an event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like if you're not in the top three, you still have an opportunity to win a prize or whatever oh, yes. based on your speed in a single event and that's really cool you know that's a, a great way to do it you can go to aerospacecompetition.com to learn more about that and uh that's going on next month right yes uh, we're going to be in dallas at the k bailey hutchinson uh, convention center april mm-hmm. 26th through the 28th and yeah. we still have room we, we can accommodate up to 95 person teams and we're currently at 72 where do you put all these people that's 500 people basically <laughs> on the like that seems well, just a staggering yeah it is it does of. get it does get kind of like a, a full elevator with people uh mm-hmm. the teams are given schedules so they know at what time on each day that they will have to do three events in a 15 minute block so if they're not competing, they're milling about the competition area or they're just walking around the MRO trade show, which is what we're in. And, and then just walking around the trade shows is a lot of fun. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like over 800 vendors uh, that's aerospace related. So it's a lot. It sounds like a lot of fun, you know, good luck next month. I hope everything goes well for you. Thank you. Yeah. Hopefully I can make it out this time. Yeah, we we'll hope to have you out there. I mean, it really, I tell people, it's one thing to just blabber on about, you know, oh, you got to be here, you got to see this. But when you get to the competition, you can actually feel the camaraderie amongst all the competitors. The student competitors are there, and they're looking at uh, the, uh, the the gray beards and the guys that are long <laughs> in the tooth, and they're just, wow, that's that's what I want to do. That's I want to be that person. And you'll see te- uh, college teams sitting in the stands being mentored by the commercial teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, the military teams are walking around. They're talking to the commercial guys because 
they're not really fully aware of how the commercial side works. So if you've got someone in the military getting ready to transition out like I did, it's nice to talk to somebody that can tell you, you know, some of the paths to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's a great learning opportunity, I'm sure, for everyone. All right, let's switch gears. Another thing that you're into of your many uh, volunteer <laughs> jobs, right? Uh, Charles Taylor Award slash AMT Day. Um, tell us how these are related and what you do regarding those things. Um, well, Charles Taylor, hopefully everybody listening to the show knows, his, he was the Wright Brothers mechanic. And he's considered the father of aircraft maintenance because he built the first engines for the Wright Flyer. And he enabled the United States and the Wrights to lay claim first in powered controlled flight. Well, there was an FAA inspector in uh, Sacramento that had California pass the first AMT Day resolution, which basically recognizes Charles Taylor's birthday of May 24th as AMT Day. It was just another way of recognizing our craft. Well, when I heard about what uh, Richard Dilly, uh, Dilbeck did, affectionately known as Dilly, um, I got involved and I created the Aircraft Maintenance Technicians Association, or the AMTA, which is a nonprofit that I created to promote Charles Taylor to the public. And one of the ways uh, I do that is by helping to get the remaining states and commonwealths to pass their respective AMT Day resolutions. Uh, I was also uh, able to get the United States Congress and Senate to pass their respective AMT Day resolutions. And we also donate bronze busts of Charles Taylor to different museums and organizations and companies. And the goal is to just educate the public of what Charlie did, why he did it, how he did it, and the men and women that followed in his footsteps. And by putting aircraft maintenance, hopefully front and center in some conversations will um, help show what we do uh, around the world. It's not necessarily just in the United States, uh, but like I said earlier, there's helicopters and aircraft and spaceships around the world. And there's a team of people ensuring that safety. And a big part of that team is aircraft uh, technicians. So just bringing that awareness to the general public and where, uh, where are some of the places where we have, we can go see these busts that you're involved with? Well, if you have, if you're it's in like, France, uh, uh, you can go to Le Mans. Uh, we donated a bus there. They oh, had wow. celebrated its um, the centennial celebration uh, years ago. So we donated a bus there. Uh, there's one at the Stephen F. Udvar Hazy Center, which is the Smithsonian's uh, really big museum next to Dulles Airport. In D.C., yeah. Yeah, the Enola Gay is in there. Uh SR I've been there. I've probably walked right by. Well, you, you probably and you probably know did it. because if you think about it, it's a museum for what? Famous aircraft mm -hmm. for history. Uh, one of uh, the Enola Gay. I mean, the history for that aircraft. 
They had the uh, space shuttle Enterprise was in there. You think about famous aircraft, but you don't think about the men and women that maintain it or even build it. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, Um, built it. So we do have a bust of Charlie in there, and he's in a really good display case. But there, there's no fanfare, just like today. There's no fanfare for our profession. Uh, The technician doesn't go and uh, repair an autopilot. Uh, five minutes before departure and then run down the aisle, high-fiving everybody going, hey, look what I did. And, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you're reading lights out? Let me get that while I'm here. Yeah, and There's none of that. And that's how Charlie was. Uh, he didn't look for fanfare. There were no Nike contracts back in 1903. So having him on display is the beginning. Mm. And each people, each person that we uh, can educate They'll go and talk to someone else and they'll pass that information on. And it's like chipping out an iceberg. Yeah. Is there a web? Do you have a website for these? Um, um, Cause you work with a local, is it a local sculptor? That, I know this woman that uh, I forget what her, you saw her name. Uh, Virginia Hess. Uh, she's yeah. uh, she actually is from Ohio. Okay. And uh, she makes all the bronze busts that the AMTA donates uh, they cost right now that six thousand uh, dollars. Mm-hmm. They may have gone up because of the price of bronze, you know, every gas and everything else is going up, but generally six thousand dollars. And Virginia Hess was actually commissioned by Emory Riddle University in Daytona to create a bust of Charles Taylor, and she did. And the university gave her back the rights. Cause usually when you commission someone, you can keep the rights to whatever it is that's being created. Well, Dilly who had started the AMT day resolutions put me in touch with Virginia uh, because I wanted to do something more than uh, just the resolutions. I wanted to keep that ball rolling. So she makes every bus that we've donated and we've donated uh, probably close to 15 bus. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, United Airlines actually has a bus to Charlie in O'Hare Airport on display. And around the bus, they have plaques for mechanics at United Airlines that have received the FAA's Charles Taylor Master Mechanic Award. Uh, American Airlines has a huge board with all the uh, AA mechanics that have received the award in Tulsa. They have one at DWH. And so it's slowly airlines and companies are embracing uh, the fact that we actually do have a day of importance and we do have someone that we can focus on as being considered the father of aircraft maintenance. Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, I guess it's through the AMTA? Yes. um, Our website is amtausa.com. And we also use our Facebook page, Friends of Charles E. Taylor. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure people will check that out. Um, What is your um, association with AMFA? Since this is an AMFA podcast, maybe we should talk about... (laughs) You work for Americans, so obviously you're not represented by AMFA for your... um, in your 
work life, but how are you associated with uh, AMFA? Well, I've been an AMFA associate member uh, for years. I can remember flying out to Washington and picketing with uh, Del Femini uh, about uh, issues that directly affect our profession. Uh, I'm also uh, an AMFA organizer. I believe in a craft union. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not... uh, Technicians were no better than anybody else within the airline industry, but uh, we do have a a heavy responsibility that requires a lot of training and skills. And if the pilots and the flight attendants can be in their craft union, I see no reason why technicians cannot. And I'm happy to try to better our craft by joining AMFA and being a craft union member. Yeah, for those listening that don't understand what he's talking about, uh, craft union means they only represent one craft, like aircraft mechanics. Uh, A lot of industrial unions will represent truckers and mechanics and, um, you know, 15 other professions, but a craft-specific union is just that. It's one profession that they're representing because, you know, we all have our own unique um, issues and needs, you know, as it relates to our jobs. So having a union that's uh, focused solely on that is, I would think, better suited to negotiate and better suited to protect our work and that sort of thing. Is that, is that accurate? Very accurate. It's also <laughs> uh, a conflict of interest, in my opinion, to have an industrial union represent, um, say, uh, f- fleet service, ramp, rampers and aircraft technicians. And again, I, I do not consider myself or my work group superior in any way over another group. We're not better than flight attendants. Pilots aren't better than rampers. We all bring a unique skill set to the job of providing safe, airworthy aircraft. And when you have an industrial union that basically represents two vastly different work groups, how can they 100% defend the work scope for both work groups? Personally, I've lost scope that has been transferred to the ramp, a different work department or different work group. Well, I'm paying this industrial union to fight for me to keep this work but there's no incentive for them to let me do the work. They really don't care. As long as the person doing it is paying them their respective dues, they could care less who does what job on an aircraft. And I don't agree with that mindset. And that's another reason why I believe strongly in AMFA representing my profession. Uh, They will spend 100% of our dues and 100% of their energy on a hundred percent of our needs. Yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. And, uh, I agree 100%. Um, let's talk about, you've had a little bit of a saga with a postage stamp. Uh, I like the story. I don't know. I find it funny and interesting. So give us a little background on the postage stamp situation. Um, Well, this follows in the progression of ways that I feel I can help uh, promote our profession. The more we're out in conversation and in the media, the more attention we get, that's beneficial. 
So we worked on the, the resolutions, uh, working on donating these bronze busts of Charles Taylor. I have a maintenance competition that I'm part of. Uh, I'm also uh, on a uh, nonprofit organization that donates grants for students to take their FA written exam. So I'm sitting down one day thinking, you know, what's another way that we can promote our profession in Charlie? I said, well, hey, how about a stamp? And the Wright brothers have a stamp. Golden retrievers have a stamp. Uh, flowers have, I mean, there's a stamp for everything. And rightfully so. I'm not taking I mean, anything. we're at least as good as golden retrievers, right? Oh, of course. Well, <laughs> everybody should have a golden retriever. So I went to the uh, postal systems website and it's actually a straightforward process to have a stamp. If you're going to recognize an individual, they need to be deceased and they basically have to have had a significant contribution to society, which Charlie has passed away. And I think creating the first aircraft engine by hand, which enabled the United States and of course the Wright brothers, but the United States to lay claim to first empowered controlled flight, I assumed that the postal system would say, hey, that's a pretty good idea. Pretty so about big contribution, ago, I would think. I'm sorry? That's a pretty big contribution. Yeah, yeah I you think know, so. And, you know, even in, with a with an unbiased approach of what Charlie had done, I think most everyone would agree, yeah, you know, this, this person does need to be recognized mm. by the United States. And what better way than have a stamp? So I filled out the application and I applied and I sent it simply as the director for the Aircraft Maintenance Technicians Association. And it took a while, you know, the post office being the post office, it took a while to get a response back. And it was basically a letter. Nope. <laughs> like what? No, no. I mean, no reason why, no explanation, just no. I'm like, and it really, it irked me Yeah, because I'm so passionate about it. So I put it on the back burner. I wasn't going to let it go, but I, you know, I had other projects I was working on uh, besides being a, a husband and a father <laughs> too. And, you know, just everything else I got going. Sure. So recently I, I reapproached the post office, but this time I figured, well, let me get the industry to help support me. Mm -hmm. So I reached out to um, the airlines and I had, I had over a dozen letters of support. I had uh, American airlines wrote a letter of support. JetBlue wrote a letter of support. I had the now retired uh, curator for the Smithsonian who I dealt with for the Hazy center, because when we donated that bus, we had a celebration within the Hazy Center. He wrote a letter of support. Uh, Virginia Hess, the artist that makes the bus. Uh, Richard Dilbeck, the father of the resolutions. So mm -hmm. I, within industry, I felt I had a pretty fat envelope of yeah. support that would make this a slam dunk. It should seal the deal. Uh, you would think. <laughs> so I get a letter uh, weeks after I submitted my application. And it said, congratulations, uh, your application will go before the St Citizen Stamp Advisory Committee. And mm -hmm. they're the people that decide yay or nay. And this committee is consisting of 
authors and artists and subject matter experts for everything from flowers to golden retrievers. You know, mm-hmm. what's the importance? Um, so I figured after passing that first huge hurdle, I'm going to go buy myself a stamp with Charles Taylor's picture on. <laughs> so uh, they, the committee meets once every quarter, but they don't tell you if they make a decision each quarter and then let the applicants know, or if they wait till the end of the year. So I did this uh, the third quarter of last year. So I waited and I waited and I waited and I finally get a letter. I'm like, great. Now I'm at work when I get this letter. So I have my son open it and I tell him to take a picture of it and send it to me in a text. So I'm reading this letter thinking I'm going to be running down to my local post office and order, put my order in for stamps with Charlie's picture on it. And as I'm reading this, they waited till all the way to the bottom. They went, Oh, you were not considered at this time. (laughs) That was it at this time. No explanation. Why? um, You know, who did we go up against? Uh, Right. You know, was there a superhero that, you know, Getting yeah. another stamp. Are they going to put Iron Man on it instead? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I buy I buy an Iron Man stamp, but yeah. it just really infuriated me that the support that I had from within industry. I yeah, had, all those uh, letters, and I wonder if they even read them. You know, I, you know, to me, they. I like to think that they did because I had so many. I mean, yeah. I really had the the envelope that I sent everything in, I, I had to tape it so it wouldn't tear. Yeah. You can't contact the members of the committee and ask. I did write a letter to the stamp development department. I'm still waiting to hear back from them. <laughs> so it's not dead. It's on the, it's Maybe not the on third times the charm, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's how I like to look at it. So um, the analogy of, you know, chipping away at an iceberg. You're not going to split that iceberg with one mighty crash in your hammer. You're just going to keep hammering away, chipping away. And that's how I look at things. And I'm very passionate about it because it's not about me. It's not about the AMTA. It's about the men and women out in the field every day doing what they do. And with more than 100 years of history, I think recognition has been well-deserved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Yeah, I agree 100%. Hopefully we get that stamp soon. I will be buying them for <laughs> sure. <laughs> Tell us about this other thing you're doing. Um, uh, Northrop Rice Grants Foundation. Foundation. Okay, gotcha. That's um, scholarships for kids who are, well, you, you tell us about it. Well, the Northrop Rice Foundation um, is a nonprofit organization that was originally created to help students uh, with the cost of going to A&P school, because depending on where you go, um, it's very expensive to become certificated. You have a, a student has to invest a lot of time, energy, and money to get hired as an A&P. So the Northrop Rice Foundation, or NRF for short, Uh, We helped facilitate scholarships to students that were in a FAA 
147 school. 147 just meaning uh, it was the type of school that was recognized by the FAA to learn what they need to. And students would submit scholarships and then uh, Snap-on actually helped donate tools. There were other companies that wow. supported the NRF. And we, dis- we chose amongst the applicants. Well, as a nonprofit organization um, and with COVID really affecting our industry hard, uh, discretionary spending from industry really kind of dried up overnight. Mm. And right, understandably so. All right. So uh, the NRF board, we decided to switch gears instead of providing at this time scholarships uh, to supply grants and the grants would cover the expense for taking the FAA written portion of becoming a mechanic. Mm. And a lot of school tuition does not cover that expense. And a person has to take a written airframe power plant in general test. And they're both about $170 each. And a study was done back in 2017 by ATEC, which is a trade organization for colleges. And their survey found that only about 70% of the students in 2017 actually crossed the finish line and became certificated. Hmm. 30% of those students, for whatever reason, didn't become an airframe and or power plant mechanic. And out of that 30%, a good portion of that was they couldn't afford to take the written. Wow. Which is kind of sad because the time, energy, and money already spent. Yeah, and now it seems they like get hit. so small compared to what you've already. Right, been, but you know? there's a lot of students out there that some of them are single parents. Some of them you know, are parents that are just changing career fields or there are individuals that are caring for their parents. And mm-hmm. um, with the price of gas and other things, it, it actually does take effect. So for sure. we supply grants for students to take their written. It's a way of paying it forward. Yeah, it's great. And how many do you give of these have you given out or what's the... Uh, we give out four a month. And oh, wow. we collect, okay. applic- we accept applications from the first to the last day of every month and then on the first day of the following month we give out four grants to students that we feel uh, are deserving wow i wish we could give it to everybody i really do but yeah uh, we're not there yet you know we don't <laughs> the airlines and the industry really needs to to recover mm-hmm. and so if someone wants to apply where do they go to uh, they can go to nrfgrants.com and the application is there. Uh, in order to be eligible, they do have to have completed either their airframe or power plant course. And they can send us a certificate of completion um, to, to prove that they are eligible to take the written because we don't want to give a grant to someone that hasn't finished the course and for whatever reason may have to drop out. Okay, well, that's that's one grant that could have gone to somebody that was going to use it. 
That's amazing. That's really good. Um, I can't believe you do four every month. That's uh, you're a busy guy. Uh, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I am, Scott, but the best analogy that I can use to tell people when they ask me, wow, you know, how do you how do you juggle all that? Um, if you wanted to build a garden in your backyard, the hardest part about starting a garden is going out and tilling the ground. It, the, the dirt is hard, it's clumped. Well, you got to get it out, break it up, put your topsoil in. Okay, and then you start planting whatever it is you want to grow. You want to put tomatoes, um, celery, roses. Well, everything that you want to plant takes a different amount of time to ensure. Tomatoes, you got to water them more frequently than something else. Uh, some plants you have to go out and you got to make sure there's no weeds that'll kill them. That's kind of how I got into what I'm doing now with all these different nonprofits is there's a lot of emailing. I, I couldn't do any of this without the internet and emailing, but with the scholarships, I just wait till the end of the month and then go through the applicants that we receive. Um, the maintenance competition that does actually take a close to a year to put on, but it's not every day. It's just staying in touch with uh, Southwest who provided an event, United, American Airlines, just keeping lines of communication open. And then with teams, you know, staying in touch with the different uh, instructors and colleges, uh, the stamp, that's just me sitting at my computer, uh, hopefully writing letters that are gonna be accepted. Uh, the resolutions, that's reaching out to different states, um, government, and finding a senator or a congressman from a particular state that will introduce the resolution. So I am busy, but it's, it's I've got all the plates spinning at the right speeds. <laughs> yeah. uh, as long as I don't stop, I, I yeah. think I'm okay. Right. So I'm going to put a link to these websites in the description box um, under this podcast. I just want to um, give you a chance to say them the correct way for everyone listening. I sure, have sure. amtausa.com. Yes, that's for promoting Charles Taylor and people that have received the Master Mechanic Award from the FAA. Okay, got it. And then we have nrfgrants.com. That is for the nonprofit that provides vouchers for students to become certificated. Okay. Then we have aerospacecomp.com. Is that right? Uh, aerospace competition. Okay. Aerospacecompetition.com. And, and that, that is, is for the annual competition that's held every April mm -hmm. during MRO America's trade show. And that moves around from city to city. So if you want to attend and just watch, if you want to be a corporate sponsor or if you want to be sponsor a team or an event, that's the link to go to. Okay. Are we missing anything? Is that it? Um, those are the three biggest plates that I got spinning. <laughs> okay. uh, yes. And well, thank you for all you do. It's amazing. I, I'm, I don't know how one person does all this stuff, but you know, congratulations to you. And I think um, I can't wait to go to that competition next month. I'm really looking forward to it. It sounds like a lot of fun. 
Well, looking forward to having you there, Scott. Uh, I know that you'll want to come back following years uh, yeah. after going the first time. Mm -hmm. And it'd be also a great opportunity for you to interview uh, AMFA represented members that are competing from uh, the three airlines that go. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. Well, thanks for doing this, Ken. I appreciate your, your value, extremely valuable and precious time <laughs> spending it here with me today. Uh, uh, really many thanks and much love from us. Well, thank you very much, Scott. Again, it was an honor and a privilege being on the Amphi Insider. Thanks for listening to Amphi Insider. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast to keep up with the latest news and updates happening within Amphi and across the airline industry. Until next time.